Welcome, everybody. We're back in the studio with Jeremy and myself. We are running you through a couple cool, hip, fun Disney news stories that are sure to flip your wig in all all kinds of directions and stuff like that. We got a lot of weird stuff to talk about. We did. We have things to talk about. It was slow, but that you know what that means? That means tomorrow Disney's going to break something huge. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. Like I have, you know, I had seven or eight stories up. I'm like, wow, a new spirit jersey. That's cool. I can't believe people make money reporting on what clothes that other people can, you know, buy. It's just the weirdest, the weirdest gimmick to me. But whatever. But we found some stuff. We found some stuff to talk about. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Sure, we always do. We never fail. If you think about it, we always come through. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, all right, Jeremy. Well, you know what? Why don't you? Why don't I go first? Okay. You know, speaking of merchandise, I just wanted, I just wanted to complain a little bit. A patented Jason rant about nothing. I'm just kidding. Okay. It's not really patented. Uh, I mean, I don't know how upset I am about it, but there's, there's. T- I noticed in the wave of merchandise news, there's two things that I thought were really weird. One, there's a new figure, a new goofy figure by Jim Shore. You know who Jim Shore is? Do you know his artwork in the in the parks? Uh, the name is familiar, but I couldn't place it. It's not like you're saying Larry Dotson to me, which of course I know Larry Dotson. Well, yeah, sure. LD for sure. I'm not very sure about Shore. <laughs> you're not sure about Shore? No, no. Don't you live near the Shore, the Jersey Shore? Um, it, Jim Shore is like he's sort of like the whimsical wooden carve things where uh, there's like different patchworks of color uh, on people's pants or clothes or whatever. It's like sort of a, a different patchworky sort of take on Disney characters. Got it. Well, he has the latest Haunted Mansion figure. It's Haunted Mansion Goofy Mashup. And uh, I I just, I find it, I don't know, sort of culturally out of place. I, I don't know how to, else to describe it. The social zeitgeist is just sort of weird. But it's, uh, it's Goofy next to one of the statues from the Haunted Mansion in the queue, I guess, for Walt Disney World, where it's like a, the bust of a guy and there's a, a boa constrictor around his head, around his neck. Okay. Okay. And Goofy's there and he's his armor on the statue and he's taking a selfie with the statue. And I just sort of feel like this is like maybe 2002. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, we're going to take a selfie like that. That's like a big, um, I, I don't know. It's like a big marketing thing for a while. It's like seeing other people take selfies of themselves. And that's in an advertisement, right? But to, to have it on, you know, what I assume is a high end figure at Disneyland at Disney World. What is this? A, now their cell phones are working into their artwork as far as, yeah, I'm going to take this home so I can forever watch Goofy posting something. He's just, he's just on so the what, internet now. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. So what is the artwork? It's a statue of Goofy taking a picture? It's a little a statuette. Statue? Yeah, it's a little, a little oh, statuette. I see. I, okay. I don't really like it. <laughs> it's just, for me, like I said, it's very, very weird. I don't understand why Goofy has to be taking a selfie. I mean, he has to be doing something. But yeah. to me, this you know what I mean? The selfie seems outdated at this point in history. Like, we've moved on. Selfies aren't that big of a deal anymore. People just take them. That's how they take pictures. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like very uh, a very momentous occasion to to have an icon of. I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. I don't think mm. I would have thought about it. But 
Okay. You know what? You're more in tune. You know what is. I find this to be true about you is that you are very much on the cutting edge of everything that's happening in the world. <laughs> I'm very much behind. Oh, here's a perfect case. Here's a perfect example. Before we started the show, I said, Jason, you've got to do reels. They get more <laughs> get more <laughs> views. And you were like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Duh. Duh, grandpa. So it's like, I, cause I'm on this whole real kick all of a sudden. Oh man. Cause I'm like, everyone's seeing everything, <laughs> uh, but you, you already know all these things. And well, so sure, man. again, you, the selfie, you see that and you immediately perceive that to be well behind. I don't know. I just feel like I just get it easily annoyed by dumb stuff. Speaking of dumb stuff, here's another, another piece of merchandise in the parks. It is a dress. It's a, a red dress. It looks like a velvet uh, dress or maybe velour. I don't know. Um, and it's, you know, maybe like a knee-high, you know, dress and evening gown or whatever. And it's red. And it is the uh, Jessica Rabbit dress is what it's called. For $128, there's a, uh, I wouldn't even call it a replica of a Jessica Rabbit dress because I think Jessica's Rabbit's, like, red dress was longer and like more of a gown, really. It was floor length with a long mm-hmm. slit up the side, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this is definitely not that. I mean, it looks sort of just like a rag on the rack, to be honest with you. Um, but what I don't understand is, it, you know, Jessica Rabbit isn't allowed to be sexy anymore. Right, we've covered her up in 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 the Roger Rabbit ride. That's not a thing. But we're also taking her, you know, the image and one of the things she's really known for is having that big red dress on. And now we're just selling <laughs> selling the type of dress, the same dress. It's not the same dress. First of all, second of all, is she supposed to be sexy? Is she can she be sexy now? Can she not? I don't understand. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. We're gonna we're gonna uh, you know put a trench coat on her to hide her curves. In the ride, but here we'll sell you a hundred twenty eight dollars dress. Well, what is this? One of these dresses that like is like all the other dresses in the park. That's the orange, you know, the orange bird print, or like you know they do all these, no, they do all these dresses, but they're like you know, it's just this little skirt dresses. This would be a dress. It looks like a cocktail dress. You know, like you can go out to eat in this dress, and people would not go, "Hey, that's from uh, that's a Jessica Rabbit dress." It doesn't have her picture oh. everywhere. It's like a you know a subtle. You know, thing you could wear it. Where out. are they? Where are they selling this in the park? Um, I don't know. I didn't see. It seems peculiar. Yeah, it was weird. But I just I feel like you know the parks need to put their foot down and decide what it, what we're doing with the Jessica Rabbit thing. Are we celebrating her? Or are we not? Are we hiding her? Or are we not? What are we doing? Yeah, I'm surprised they're even showing Jessica Rabbit. I mean. All they do is shove Moana down my throat all the time. I can't believe they're referencing a character from this late 80s movie. It doesn't even seem relevant. Speaking of, it's it's less relevant than the selfie. That's true. So I don't even understand why they're bringing her up. You know, they've jettisoned everyone in favor of Moana. I can't believe it's not a Moana dress. Yeah. That's how I feel. Well... From around the world, they come to Disney to earn, and in August, they'll be making their big return. Oh. Disney's, Disney's cultural exchange program will be returning to Walt Disney World this August, Disney has announced. The program has been on hold since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. The cultural exchange program brings young representatives from nations around the world to Disney World to work for approximately a year, representing their home countries at the parks and resorts while providing work experience. According to Disney, quote, 
The cultural representatives play an important role in our storytelling by helping us create authentic, immersive experiences for our guests as they share their country's culture, heritage, and traditions that have inspired our resorts, pavilions, and theme parks. So the cultural exchange is back. Uh, The cultural exchange program is perhaps most visible in the World Showcase section of Epcot, where representatives from each country add a level of authenticity to the various pavilions, which is much needed because... You know, otherwise, these pavilions are Americans working and the characters from Frozen, which isn't particularly authentic. <laughs> according, apparently, they're real concerned about authenticity, but they have Aladdin in Morocco and he's not North African. Sure. Uh, and they've got Frozen in Norway, which is not Mm-mm. Norwegian. Right. So uh, we've got to have some sort of authenticity. Bring in the unpaid workers from around. Actually, I don't know if they get paid or not. Um, So it's perhaps, I said it's most visible at Epcot. Um, Each pavilion is staffed in part by these cultural representatives who wear traditional clothing and uh, and speak the language. Though they are in full display at Epcot, these representatives can be found in other places around the resort. They're a notable addition to places like Disney's Animal Kingdom, um, where they work as animal spotting guides, greeters, hosts, and servers in restaurants. So they, while they're most visible at Epcot, uh, you can find them in most places around Walt Disney World. The cultural exchange program was abruptly ended at the beginning of the pandemic with all the representatives being sent home straight away. Now, with the return of the program, Disney will be starting with, quote, participants from select countries whose program was shortened, canceled or waitlisted in 2020. Those who had offers but hadn't yet even arrived at Walt Disney World will also be brought back first. Initial recruitment will focus on Germany, Norway, Italy, France, the United Kingdom, and Canada for World Showcase at Epcot. Other countries such as China and Morocco will be brought back on board once they clear travel restrictions and or have CDC-authorized vaccine availability. Oh. So it seems that countries where there is a testing requirement to get back in have uh are are still on hold so morocco still has a testing requirement okay um and other countries like france do but not from green countries and we're considered a green country for france so um and the uk has has no more testing requirements so i think disney was probably a bit worried about what happens if they get stuck here they're on sort of on disney's disney's dime disney's problem yeah absolutely like a tom hanks movie just put them back in the airport it'll work itself out (laughs) right Uh, This news comes on the heels of the relaunch of the Disney College program, which resumed at Walt Disney World in June 2021. This program brings in college students and recent graduates from around the country to work at the Walt Disney World theme parks for a semester while learning valuable life skills while earning college credit. So uh, I think this is exciting because I do think that the cultural representatives do actually add a level of authenticity to the countries. Sure. Absolutely. I definitely agree. You know, we should have that in Cars Land specifically for Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and just have redneck people from the South run that <laughs> ride. Because I feel like it's not really authentic when it's like, oh, hello, yes, how many in your party? Okay, two. You know, it should be, you know, and then you hear Mater going, you know, I want people throwing their teeth at me when I'm trying to get on that ride. First of all, no one from California sounds the way you just impersonated them, okay? I know. This is what I'm saying. We need right. to import you need, these people. You need authentic Orange County people. And we need people from like uh, Arkansas, Tennessee to come and work that ride. Yeah, because the, the Valley accent 
Devon, what are you doing here? That doesn't work for me. <laughs> oh my god. I'm getting on. Oh my god, can uh, you imagine having more than five people in your party? <laughs> but the thing also that's exciting about the cultural exchange is mm-hmm. so at Japan, they opened up a really high end uh, sushi, re- uh, Japanese food restaurant, I guess it's not only sushi, called Takumi Tai. And it's it was only staffed by true Japanese people. And they won't, they, they said, because like all the restaurants are pretty much come back at World Showcase, but they were holding out on this one. They said, we will not do this without mm. actual cultural representatives. So that restaurant's reopening has been on hold until cultural exchange returns. Oh, so I cool. think that means Takumite will be opening back up. So that's pretty exciting. That's neat. Speaking of cultural representative, nothing to do with Disney at all, but uh, Taryn and I started watching this show on HBO called uh, Tokyo Vice. And it's about okay. this kid. I mean, he's, you know, a young man, um, just fresh out of college, moved to Tokyo to work at the, like the big newspaper there. And he's just big, tall, like six foot white dude, but excellent Japanese, like, you know, whatever. And, and it's, he's you know working with cops now and says, whole, I'm not going to give the thing away, but, uh, uh, it's a very good show, especially about the Japanese culture and how hard it is for him to be taken seriously as a, what is a gaijin, you know, like a white guy or whatever. Um, and, you know, how he navigates the, the culture. It's interesting. It's a good show. Well, that sounds exciting. Go. Maybe I'll have to check that out. I probably won't. You know, you probably won't. But I think no. you, well, would you like it? Yeah, I don't know if you would care, really. Um, speaking of things that nobody's going to care about. Actually, it's not true. People are probably going to go nuts for it. We've talked a little bit about uh, they are doing a an Encanto projection onto the face of It's a Small World in Disneyland. That's right. We, they, well, uh, who was saying, oh, maybe this is your story. <laughs> and uh, we finally have a start date for that. It's April 11th, so tomorrow. So by oh, the time geez. this comes out, I'm hopefully you have this edited by tomorrow, but by the time this comes out, it'll be starting um, in Fantasyland at Disneyland Park. Um, According to the park, you can experience the magical moment when the whimsical facade of this classic attraction becomes enchanted with a visual montage paying tribute to the hit song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah, because that's a song that we need to pay tribute to in a montage. (laughs) So here's the article from um, uh, the uh, Disney Parks blog. It says, admire Encanto as the sun begins to set. Gather with family and friends in front of the iconic facade of It's a Small World to celebrate the Walt Disney Animation Studios Academy Award-winning film, Encanto. Gather and celebrate with us. (laughs) This award, the marketing is so bad. Uh, well, it's, especially it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fancy words for what ultimately is they're putting a projector on Small World. By the way, how nice that we've reduced Small World to just a projection screen. Like yeah. that's all that is now, right? Can't we? There's no other place they can put this. Like that's a beautiful nope. facade. Like just because it happens to be white, I don't know. Absolutely it, it, not. Like, I suppose it's not the worst thing in the world, but it does annoy me. But just do something in World of Color. This is what I don't understand either. Have World of Color go off. Have You can have an Encanto whole thing on its own after or before World of Color. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You can do a whole bunch of stuff. But why Small World? 
and, and, and I don't ultimately care either way, but it just, it confuses me because it's like, are we, are we an amusement park or are we a theme park? Are we, are we considering theming or are we not? Does Encanto right. go with this? No, it doesn't. So therefore it doesn't fit in the park. Therefore you can't do the idea. It's a great idea, Jim, but we can't do it. We, there's no place to put it in the parks. Well, Bob, how about we uh, set up a projector and do a... Th- sure, let's work on that or whatever, or roll of color. Something else. There's a ton of, of empty you know, space in, the, um, in Hollywood Studios, the back lot or whatever in DCA. Sure. Throw something over there. Why yeah. Small World? I just don't... I don't get it. Well, and also, Small World looks there- cool at night. Small world looks cool at night. That's the great thing about it. And the other thing is they have uh, – there's those spray screens that they use for Fantasmic over on the Rivers of America. Do something on those. Do it, do it, do it prior to Fantasmic. That's coming back next month. Yeah. I do feel like – stop. Like, can we not ruin Walt's facades? Well, and, and – Thanks for that ride, Walt. We're going to project <laughs> stuff on it, right? Thanks. Bye. Right. I want to talk to Rolly about this, to be honest. But I also don't <laughs> – Here's the thing. I guess maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I'm just in a bad mood today. I don't know what's We're going on. Old. But why are we quote celebrating the most now overplayed song anywhere? <laughs> why are we celebrate? Why are we celebrating it? Why- Yay! This made a lot of money for Disney. Yes. Woo! Like. Don't tell me to celebrate. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just you can write this a hundred different ways. None of which, in my opinion would be this, because it doesn't resonate with anybody. Um, they say, like the Madrigal family's casita, tiles across the It's a Small World facade flip, turn, and rearrange themselves as one scene transitions to the next, culminating in a celebratory chorus and a nod to Bruno's mysterious prophecy about Mirabelle. <sighs> All right, That's great. Yeah. Cool, dude. So let's yeah. uh, let's pay with a montage that pays tribute to the song that you can't get away from. It's exactly right. It, well, it brings me back to 2013 when Frozen. Remember, they just they reacted. They didn't know what to do. Frozen was a, a huge success, and they realized they had nothing in the parks, and so they just started crowbarring it everywhere they could, left and right. So that's what this yeah. is. They're just like we've got to we've got to give them more of that. So, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Too. And with no thought or planning, they're just like, all right, just do it on small world. We don't care. Yeah. I mean, and Brian in the chat was like, look, it sounds like it's there. It's gone in five minutes or 10 and whatever. It's fine. And like, yeah, I guess like ultimately all the stuff that we argue about on these shows and this network in general is just it, it. you can say that about anything like, well, look, it's fine. Whatever. It's a movie. They have to do it somewhere. OK, whatever. But I feel like that sort of takes the feeling away from it. it takes the I don't want to say magic because it's cheesy, but it it sort of takes the nostalgia and takes the 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 magic away from these facades, away from these show buildings that we've sort of grown accustomed to seeing. And maybe they change a little bit here and there, but it's like it's small world. It's super iconic. How dare you? What are right. you doing? You're and, and it's and it's like some fly by night. Like in two months, the Encanto fever will be over. So whatever. It's not like uh, Night Before Christmas going on Haunted Mansion. That was like, whoa, people got really mad at that. And, you know, I understand that. But at least it's, I don't know, at least it fits. Kanto on Small World in Fantasyland, which is sort of just basically Toontown adjacent. I don't know. Well, I guess also the other criticism is, is oh, if it's so inconsequen- inconsequential, 
that we don't need to worry about it. Why are they doing it? You're Disney. Why are you doing little stupid inconsequential things? Just to get people do in something I guess. Yeah, that I is know. do something that is deserve. If this song is so great and this movie is so amazing and groundbreaking, like do something that's worth it. Don't just slap something on a, on a, on a projection for five minutes. Don't do things that are stupid and inconsequential because it's annoying to the small world fans and it doesn't do justice to this movie. Yeah. So either way you kind of lose. Hmm. Yeah, do something a, good. Do something inventive. Do something that imagineering. Someone might come up with if their title was Imagineer. If that was like a thing. <laughs> well, as soon as they started working on projections for the buildings and stuff, I knew right. I mean, not that it takes any sort of leap of logic or some brain power, but I knew right away like we're going to be seeing more of these projections on show buildings. They're going to be doing more of this because it's cheap and it's easy and it's a way to to kind of spruce things up without putting a bunch of money into actually changing the the structure of a building. And this right. is what they've been doing, and this is what they're going to continue to be doing, and it's uh, this is what it is. We've we've entered the digital age, whether we like it or not, and I just don't think these things belong in Disneyland. I don't care where they are on the castle. I think it looks terrible when they do it on Main Street. I thought it looked pretty bad, and you know, uh, on Small World, it doesn't. It's not going to look any better. I just don't like it. It's a crutch. Yeah, I mean, but then again, on the other hand, right? It's like what what are you going to do? Do it. On the other other hand, on the third hand, do they need to do anything? Is the is if they took away these projections and just kept doing the same thing, do you think that the crowds would drop? Do you think people are going there specifically like, oh man, I can't wait to see that blurry footage of Bruno on Small World. That's what I'm going for. I, it, it's almost like they're just doing these little things to because they think it, it's new for for the guests, but guests don't really care about it. I don't think anybody really cares about this. In a positive way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, someone might. It might be something where, okay, we've had a long day. We, you know, we've done a bunch of stuff in the park. Let's take the kids who love this movie over and see that before we leave. And in that sense, I do kind of appreciate that it's something else for crowds to do that doesn't and that doesn't include them getting in line for an attraction. Yeah. And and making other things longer. Well, I mean, yes. And, yeah. That's it's a default thing. So maybe that's what it is four i guess i don't know i I mean besides obviously celebrating the song we got to celebrate that song yeah we also got to do is take a quick break okay so we'll come right back and uh talk more disney news we'll be right back Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the newsroom on In-Depth. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. All right, Jeremy, what else do you got? Their greenhouse emissions can be weighed in tons, but Disney World plans to harness the sun. (laughs) The bright suns. (laughs) Disney World has announced plans to construct two more solar farms in central florida that will each generate 75 megawatts of power wow i don't know if that's a lot but it sounds like that's a lot i mean the word mega is in there it's mega yeah like just trust me it's mega. i think that that means they'll 
Well, I'll get to how much it's going to be powering. So there, because there's already some in existence. In fact, I drove by one of them today. Um, there's there's a few you can go in Disney if you're in Disney World. There's one that's kind of like in the middle of the roundabout. There's one as you're taking the a right off of World Drive to go over towards Epcot on the right there. There's mm. there's a solar farm. Uh, there's one along Route 429, which is on the western boundary of Walt Disney World's property. And that one's huge. So they've got a few, quite a few of these. Uh, these two new solar power plants will cover over a thousand acres in total, which is quite a lot. Yeah, these will join other sour, sour solar generate solar power generation already in place at Walt Disney World. As I said, I think our two- show runs on sour power. <laughs> When the two new solar plants come online in 2023, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Pretty you can soon. build these things fast. Absolutely, <laughs> could, dude. Yeah, they could just pop these things up with no, you know, it's wow. easy. Apparently, yeah. I, I'm trying to get a new couch delivered. It won't be available till 2023. <laughs> like, come on, Pottery Barn. They, they can't even get on this, right? Uh, when the two new, oh, so uh, they'll be joining. They'll join in powering nearly 40 percent of Walt Disney World's power needs. So when these open, almost 40 percent of Walt Disney World will be powered by solar. Dude, I wonder how the. Uh, first of all, I wonder what the energy bill for Disney World is, and I wonder what the energy company down there is thinking right now. Reading this, well, Disney, I'm not sure, but Disney already has its own power plant that's not solar. Mm. Okay. So there is a Disney World power plant. In fact, uh, someone was telling me, I don't know if this is true, but someone from here was telling me that if you live in Celebration, even though that's not technically part of Walt Disney World anymore, when they built it, it was that it's actually on the Disney World power grid. So if a hurricane comes through and knocks out the regular power, Celebration's golden because they're on the Disney World power plant. Wow. You're getting magical power. Yeah, I was I was driving around with my friend who works at Disney, and he showed me, and he was like, "Oh, this is the power plant. I was like, this is the power plant. I didn't know there was a power plant back here." Like, that's cool, like, man. It's very cool. It will bring the total number of solar pa- solar panels at the resort to nearly five hundred thousand, and produce <laughs> a combined three hundred seventy five thousand megawatt hours of carbon free solar energy in their first year of operation. That is equivalent to removing 29,500 cars from the roads every year. Wow, that's crazy. Once installed, this will make Disney the largest commercial consumer of solar in the state of Florida. The solar panels use a tracking system that enables them to follow the sun throughout the day and maximize every minute of sunlight. So it is interesting because the one road that I take where I go past the solar plant, if you go in the morning, they're all facing away from you. But if you go in the evening, they're facing, they're facing you. So they're slowly turning as a day following the sun. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that same tracking system is able to follow storms and reposition the panels in the most favorable position to endure the sometimes harsh Florida storms. So if there's a storm coming in from the West, they'll reposition in the East so that they don't get, you know, don't take the brunt of the storm, which I thought was kind of interesting. That's cool. Some Imagineering right there. They probably didn't design it. No, absolutely Florida, not. No. They didn't, actually. A solar company did. Yeah. I, they reference it. <laughs> Florida, or Walt Disney World, isn't the only Disney park pioneering solar technology. Disneyland Paris recently installed solar canopies over their parking lots. These solar panels sit above the parking spaces, providing shade and protection from the elements to the cars below while capturing the sun above and reduce the park's greenhouse gas emissions by more than 750 tons of carbon, bi- carbon dioxide a year. 
Walt Disney World has a legacy of pioneering sustainable energy. When the Universe of Energy Pavilion opened in 1982 at Epcot, its roof was adorned with what was then state-of-the-art solar panels that powered 10% of the attraction by solar, enabling guests to, quote, ride on sunshine, as they used to say. Yeah. I mean, that that was in 1982. That's a very 1982 line. You can ride on sunshine without pills. Yeah. I, I want to ride on sunshine. My whole life is riding on sunshine. Uh, <laughs> I just walk on sunshine. But of course, good. <laughs> that movie, that song is so look who's talking. That movie. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. Bruce Willis. Oh, too soon. Bruce. Yeah. Poor Bruce. That dude made like 22 movies last year. He, he knew. <laughs> he was prolific. like cranking them out because he's, you know, I think he knew. Oh, too bad. But of course, the solar panels that powered the universe of energy have been removed and not replaced to make way for the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot. So, so much for that. Your experimental <laughs> prototype community of tomorrow, you no longer have the solar panels you used to have. It's unfortunate that in a time when energy is at such a critical point that Disney isn't using their most forward-thinking theme park to continue to demonstrate and create awareness around these vital technologies. Even apart from that, it's wasted space. So when I, yeah. you know, at first when I read this, I'm thinking, wow, this is so great. I'm super into this. Like, I'm super into sustainability. I really think that we need to be doing more of this. I love that Disney's like pioneering technology and building these solar solar farms. But in Paris, you've got them covering asphalt. The, the Parisians are like, no, we're going to put it over the asphalt and over the cars and it protects our guest vehicles. Here in Disney World, our cars continue to cook in the Florida sun <laughs> on asphalt all day long. We have swaths of parking lots just everywhere. But in order to build Disney Solar, they're clearing fields and trees. <laughs> so it's sort of like, well, it's great that you're building solar, but you've built it on grass and knocked down trees to build it. Right. Whereas you could be putting it on asphalt. So it's like, I feel like we take one step forward and two steps back with this company a oh, lot of times. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you could take that land, let it regrow, put the trees back, you know, plant trees, do a whole, you know, reforestation program or whatever, right? Protected wetlands. I don't know what goes on. Right. And then, yeah, use all the parking structures, all the parking lots, cover those guys. I mean, come on. Any, any company would be happy to partner with Disney and, and share the bill with that for, you know, a lot of that Disney PR magic. Anybody would. It, here's the thing. They just built this Guardians of the Galaxy show building, that hideous monstrosity that looks <laughs> like an Ikea, sitting, hovering over the, the, the park, minimally put some solar panels on it. At least this is your experimental prototype community of tomorrow. This is your park. Like, forget about the fact that you aren't utilizing asphalt and helping out us by protecting our cars you have a theme park dedicated to demonstrating new technologies and the future and you're screwing it over and cutting down trees instead it makes me so angry because it's like it's short it's shorting the park mm-hmm. of this yeah and it's not doing anything good that that way by you know gr- taking over a green area and I, it just makes me really mad so i started off feeling really positive about it and i talked <laughs> myself right into anger so <laughs> welcome to my life. <laughs> the 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. 
This refreshing year-round release tropical IPA is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with Azaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. All right, Jeremy, for my final story of the evening, yeah, give uh, it to me. we're talking, you know, a sustainability and, and that's all great and everything, but Disney, <laughs> <laughs> Disney is working very hard on sustainability, but they are also addressing uh, the more humanitarian need, I guess, of housing people. Uh, housing has become unattainable for a large population of folks here in the United States, and it seems like there isn't much being done about it. Well, the Walt Disney Company is making moves to build affordable housing in the Orlando area sometime in the near future. Last week, a press release by Disney announced that they were setting aside nearly 80 acres of land for housing that they say will be earmarked for lower prices, giving locals there a chance at buying a home at a reasonable price. Whatever reasonable means, nobody knows yet. The project, which is still in very early planning stages, is going to create more than 1,300 housing units, and will be built on Disney-owned property near Walt Disney World. Disney is hiring the building of the homes to a third-party builder who will offer residents a variety of home choices that are affordable and attainable, located in close proximity to schools in the new and expanding Flamingo Crossings Town Center Retail and Dining Complex. It will offer a variety of amenities to foster a strong community. The development will be available for qualifying applicants from the general public, including Disney cast members. Well, that was kind of a nice inclusion. Uh, quote, we are invested in working together with our community to solve complex issues, said Jeff Vale, president of Walt Disney World Resort. The lack of affordable housing is affecting many people across our country, including right here in central Florida. With this initiative, we're lending a hand to make a real and meaningful impact in our community by tapping into the best of our company's strengths. This is the right opportunity and the right time to take action. In addition to providing them a place to live, the community offers job placement and mental health and wellness support to residents. Very nice. As a result of Disney's investment, a second project, Finnamore Place in Anaheim, is under construction with an expected completion date of early summer 2022. It's right around the corner here. Oh. It will provide more than 100 additional housing units. Disneyland Resort will continue to support these and other such worthy endeavors. Which I thought was kind of cool. It's very nice. You know, we're starting getting like uh, Disney has Disney has so much that they can now realize, oh, maybe maybe we have too much. Let's help people a little bit more than just taking their money. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. I mean, they're still going to own the property. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like a wash for them. Uh, but Disney isn't the only theme park in the affordable housing game, Jeremy. Universal Parks and Resorts says it has pledged, quote, 20 acres of prime land in the heart of Orlando's tourist corridor to be used for 1,000 units of affordable mixed income housing, which is interesting because uh, Disney is saying they're, th they're going to do 1,300 units on 80 acres and, uh, you know, with a bunch of other stuff, too. And then Universal's like, well, we got 20 acres and we're going to do 1,000 units. <laughs> so be prepared to live close to one another. Yeah, maybe they're going to be taller buildings. Yeah, I would imagine so. The uh, project will be called Catchlight Crossings. The uh, permit, I guess, or the uh, the announcement was uh, was given way back in late March, which was about a week or so before Disney's announcement. 
which kind of makes you wonder a little bit about like Universal already has a um, already has a building partner. They already have plans going, and you know Disney doesn't have these yet. So it's almost like Universal announced this. They're like, hey, we should really. I mean, not really. I don't really think they did that, but uh, I actually. Well, do you want to finish your story, and then I'll tell you my thoughts on this? Yeah, sure. I actually think this is all smoke and mirrors. Uh, I'm I'm almost. This is a PR stunt. I I sort of believe it, but let's see. Universal's plan lists a number of amenities from tuition-free preschool community gardens and pools to on-site medical offices and a transportation center. Some of the unique community features are expected to include a 16,000 square foot retail area, community event space, technology cafes, which I mean, (laughs) technology cafes. What are we doing, dude? This is like written in 1985 about, about 1994. I'm going to use the computer at the technology cafe to download a PDF document to tell me how to get there. Uh, and make do you your think sp- that maybe they feel that they need to do that because people who need lower people who need more affordable housing maybe don't have their own laptops and things like that. And so they need to go and have where there's technology provided. I mean, I guess, but I just, I think that it's the phrase technology cafe. Just, it doesn't, it, it seems like it's translated from another language. It's <laughs> just a weird <laughs> translation. Okay. You know what I mean? Why not internet cafe? That to me makes more sense. But what is a technology cafe? What else are you providing? Because is, I don't think you're going there for internet. You're going there for the actual computer. Well, that's usually product. what that's usually what internet cafes have. They have like you know. Uh, I know, but I think it's like computers. oh, there's probably printing services and things like Maybe. that. I think they're thinking beyond internet. Maybe. Well, we'll see. How about that? You when you buy a space there, you let me know. Uh, community gardens, bike and walking paths, neighborhood food pantry. It's kind of cool, man. Fitness center, game room, playground, two resort style pools, and a grilling gazebo. It sounds like a lot of stuff for 20 acres. So I'm interested to see the list that uh, Disney's going to have with its 80 acres and only 300 more housing units. I can't picture 20 acres. Like that is that is such a nothing number to me. How many white houses is 20 acres? <laughs> well, Star Wars land in uh Disneyland is 14 acres. Oh, well, you can fit all that in there. 20 can acres? You? I don't know, man. <laughs> Sure. A hundred housing units and just two giant, yeah, two giant buildings and everything else is open. I don't know. But uh, you anyway. Do two, you do a tower, you can throw away a lot of stuff on the bottom floor of that building. That's true. Uh, but anyway, that's it. That's what's going on. There's a lot more affordable housing coming Florida's way. We don't really know when because both uh, both projects still need to you know get permits and get cleared for all the kind of pre-work that, uh, that goes into building communities. But the theme park... Um, companies are sort of getting into the resort housing game sounds like yeah it does sound like that doesn't it yeah i'm not buying it i think i mean they're gonna do it if they have not they've announced it they're gonna do it right sure but the reason is why did they do this why is detail so scant normally we have a lot more detail when disney announces something Mm -hmm. so this is sort of like oh, oh we're gonna do it to your point it's rushed it's a week after universal but also, there's something else happening. Disney needs some goodwill. Disney is having a lot of trouble. They've had they've pissed off everybody from the left to the right with their whole with the whole position that they did take or didn't take on the 
the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida. Mm-hmm. The people on the left aren't happy with them not taking a stance. People on the right are not happy that they're allegedly going woke. So they've they've like they've tried to walk the line and they're and they've angered everybody, including the governor of Florida, who now is taking a look at their Reedy Creek Improvement District, That's which right. is Disney's self-governing status that they carved out in the 60s so that Disney could build the technology of the future to build Epcot, not Epcot Center, Epcot, the city, where they wanted to try experimental means of transportation, use new materials in building, use new, uh, you know, so they wouldn't be they wouldn't be subject to the Florida state guidelines of how to build a building. And, you know, they could try new things. Mm-hmm. That was one of the, the big reasons why they did that. Well, they haven't held up their end of the deal. So whatever reason they're looking at and saying, well, Disney shouldn't have this. It's, it seems like maybe there's a little bit of politics going on. I sort of think they shouldn't have it just because they haven't built Epcot and they're screwing <laughs> over Epcot Center so much. So I, I want them to get rid of it just for that because I feel like they haven't held that up. But anyhow, they're under fire. They're under the microscope. A lot of people are angry. And I think that they felt like they needed to do something that was good, which is build affordable housing. They're always getting beaten up for not um, yeah. paying people enough. And uh, Disney has never shown any interest in building affordable housing. They have only ever showed interest in building really expensive housing, like Golden Oak, Celebration, yeah. these new the story book announced or in whatever. California. Yeah. That's yeah. not affordable housing. Absolutely not. All of a sudden, out of the blue, affordable housing pops up? Well, I'm not. A, I think it's goodwill. I agree to a certain extent. Uh, I do think maybe some of it was predicated upon the universal statement of like, hey, this is what we're doing. Um you know, but yeah, it, it does seem very, because what is affordable housing? I mean, it, you know, I, I would imagine there's some sort of like federal designation, but are they going off of that? Or is it affordable, meaning, you know, not million, not million, not a million dollars, not even $600,000, maybe $500,000. Is that affordable housing? I don't know. You know what I mean? I What's the, what, what are we determining? And, that, and that's to your point of there's no details, but the same thing with universal. There's no details as what affordable actually is. 250 grand that's affordable housing but for who for some people well my assumption is it's it's not going to be condos it's going to be rentals so i'm sure i'm assuming Mm. that they're going to be priced you know at or below market rentals Mm, interesting maybe yeah I i don't know but i i what i do like is you know for whatever reason is the sort of sense of community that both projects seem to have they seem to be sort of focusing on the residents inside like the disney one they're saying they're going to have mental health we all know Disney has a long history of saying they're going to do something. And then at rollout, that thing is gone. Right. But I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, universal, it seems like they're also trying to build a a community with like communal spaces and, you know, communal grilling areas and communal pools and communal, this and communal hobby areas and food pantries. And I like that idea too. I think it's really, uh, that's really nice. And in some, in some respects, that is sort of a, prototype community of tomorrow (laughs) because if we don't really have that you know there's you see some neighborhoods in big cities that maybe sort of try to do that sort of co-op thing but uh, it doesn't really uh doesn't really permeate throughout the rest of the state because we're sort of spread out but if you get a lot of people living in a smaller area i think you can do something like that and i'm really excited to, to see if it works hopefully it works out well for these people yeah, I mean, whatever their reasoning for doing it is, I mean, they could be doing it for nefarious, or not nefarious, but sort of not the Save, best. Saving intentions. face, yeah. It's saving face. Yeah. The the 
real life effect of it regardless should be good or at yeah. least should help some people hopefully so that's a positive yeah i think it'll be neat uh anything else jer no that's it i've ragged on disney again for another week <laughs> <laughs> uh anything going on on spectra radio you want to talk about Hmm. I'm going to try to do a, a Disneyland t- t- Tuesday, April 12th. So this is a big week for me because Tuesday, April 12th is the anniversary, 30th anniversary of the opening of Disneyland Paris. Oh, that's in two days, baby. Yes. It's also marks the halfway point of the crossing of the Titanic 110 years ago. Uh, this is a big week for you. Struck a berg on April 14th, 1912, uh. as we all know, and sunk in the early morning hours of the 15th. But anyhow, that's happening. So I'm going to probably do some um, some Disneyland Paris uh, programming for Tuesday. So tune in if you want to hear some French Disney uh, parks music. And then, of course, on Thursdays and Sundays at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, we have the Ears Up Disneyland Takeover, where it, we go all Disneyland music, brought to you by your friends at Ears Up. <laughs> Are there any songs that were played on the Titanic? This might be a stupid question, um, but that are also in like one of the parks. Because I can imagine oh. like a Carthay having classical music that might be old, that might be in the you know that might be on Titanic. Because then at that point. What you should do is play that song at the precise moment the iceberg hit the Titanic as a little, you know. I I want to thing. say, uh, well, the Blue Danube was played um, near My God to Thee, but I don't know if near My God to Thee is. Pl- I I think that might be played somewhere. I feel like I do have that, or it's at least worked into some other song where that medley is kind of underlying. The blue That's Danube. A good question. Thank you. It's was, a very good question. Wasn't that blue? Wasn't the blue Danube part of uh, Fantasia? I mean, I know your parks, but you know, if you you could, it, there's there's the connection. Sure. If that's it, right? I Think I don't know if that was. I'd have to. I don't remember. Mm. Okay. Well, look, man, that could be something po- either, fun either. that you can do to mark the the uh, the sinking of the Titanic, which is very near and dear to your heart. It's very impactful for your life. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go to Titanic Trivia on Tuesday night. Titanic Trivia. <laughs> it's about the Titanic? It's about the movie. <laughs> so in a roundabout way. You would win. You're going to win. If you don't win, I've gone fired. to it before. And, and have I've you won? won. Yeah, yes. you go. Atta boy. <laughs> you, should be, you should come walking in in like a, a tuxedo or just, I don't know, some big flare. <laughs> Strut in. Wear sunglasses the entire time. So let everybody know. That you're the boss. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll dress like a character from the movie. Dress like Rose. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. You guys have a fantastic week wherever you are. Hope uh, the rest of April treats you well. Next week, um, which I think is the 20th. Is it in two weeks? I don't know. Anyway, our next Ears Up show. Uh, not only are we going to have Terrence talking about the history of, I believe, soaring over California and the world and everything and all of the iterations that it has been, but we're going to have the very lovely and talented Tom Amin back on the show. And he's going to be telling us about his brand new Disney album. I don't even know what it's about. Haven't even heard it, but we're going to drop a couple cuts from it on the show and talk to Tom a little bit about this album, what went into it, what's it all about, and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. So it should be a good time. Thanks a lot, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you.